today. Let's pray with a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez became the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amminadab, Amminadab became the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz became the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed became the father of Jesse, Jesse the father of David, the king. David became the father of Solomon, whose mother had been wife of Uriah. Solomon became the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asaph, Asaph became the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, Joram the father of Uzziah, Uzziah became the father of Jotham, Jotham the father of Ahaz, Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah became the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amos, Amos the father of Josiah, Josiah became the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the Babylonian exile. After the Babylonian exile, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerobabel, Zerobabel the father of Abiad, Abiad became the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Atsor, Atsor the father of Zadok, Zadok became the father of Akim, Akim the father of Eliad, Eliad the father of Eleazar, Eleazar became the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her was born Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus the total number of generations from Abraham to David is fourteen generations. From David to the Babylonian exile, fourteen generations. From the Babylonian exile to the Messiah, fourteen generations. The Gospel of the Lord. I can imagine the look on your face and guess what you're thinking as you listen to the Gospel. Why are there so many names? What's the point of reading or listening to the Gospel today? We may have wondered. It's normal and understandable since ancestors don't matter much to the present generation. In fact, most of us don't know what goes beyond our grandparents or great-grandparents. So, when faced with the difficulty that the Word of God presents, the first thing we have to do is not escape it. On the contrary, we have to dare to ask questions, learn, and listen to something that is good, though the Word may seem to go against our wishes and expectations. All of us may fall into the trap of trying to simplify what God has to tell us. Even priests, when the Gospels get difficult, may try to wriggle out of the Word and end up speaking about any other thing except God's Word. The second thing is that if it is the Word of God, it has something good to tell us. That has to encourage us to listen and to get to know a little bit more. If we don't do so, we barely scratch the surface of our faith and play it by ear. We must know our faith better. We must be able to give reasons fearlessly. 
Faith encompasses absolutely everything, dark and light, what we like and what we don't, grace and sin. That's the way it is. The third thing is closely related to the first two. The Word of God is like a great symphony. Many instruments are played, different melodies overlap, and we perceive a harmonious composition that is music to our ears. There has to be a director and an interpretation key. The interpretation key to the Word of God is Christ. Without Christ, we wouldn't be able to read even the most beautiful score written on earth. Neither the best director nor the best biblical scholar can interpret the Word of God without Christ. Jesus Christ is the director of the church. Together with his teachings, his life, his saints, and the ones who endlessly study the Word, which sometimes seems so incomprehensible to us. In conclusion, let Jesus help us interpret the greatest score, which is the Bible. Let us listen to the church, the great director who guides all the musicians and instruments to make wonderful music to the ears of our heart. Well, I'm running out of time to comment on glimpses of the gospel. What can we say about the genealogy Matthew uses to start his gospel? I will avoid a full explanation but drop a few subtle hints. Matthew wants to answer a fundamental question. Who is Jesus? Where does he come from? Jesus is a descendant of Abraham and David. He is part of our history, part of humanity, part of a group of people. Jesus is fully human. In the genealogy, there are also sinful men and women, just like us. There are some women who don't even share the faith of Israel. God writes straight with crooked lines. It's amazing how he guides us to do his will by any means necessary. God can get the best of us. He can restore what is broken, because where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. The last name in the genealogy is a woman's name, Mary. History reaches back to her. A new beginning stems from her. This entirely new beginning doesn't involve a man. It's a new creation conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. As it turned out, the origin of Jesus can be traced historically, but at the same time, it lies in a history of weakness and in the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. Who is Jesus for us? Is he just another historical character, or is he a new beginning who comes hand in hand with Mary? How does he manifest in our lives? Do we believe that where sin increases, grace abounds all the more? Can we experience God's love? May we have a good day. And may the blessing of our merciful God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon our hearts and remain with us forever.